Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Darren Linton of Broads the Label. So welcome to the show, Darren. Hi, Allison. Thanks. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, absolutely. My name is Darren Linton, and I am the founder of Broads the Label. Uh, Broads the Label is a clothing brand that embraces the bodies of strong-shouldered women. Um, We're giving broad-shouldered women their sleeves back after dealing with years and years of, yeah, tugging and puckering and really uncomfortable tops and dresses and jackets. Um, That's our goal. Cool. Yeah, and I... uh, (laughs) fall into this category a little bit so I think I saw like a reel of yours on Instagram where it was like showing you know some of the like you know when a broad-shouldered woman like wears most types of shirts and blouses and I was like literally laughing out loud I was like oh that's so true yes Uh, it's like a rare occasion that a like a top actually fits appropriately so I yeah got in the habit of taking a picture and it it is comical at this point just how how impossible Mm -hmm. it is to find a shirt that actually is comfortable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah the the, like what I notice sometimes is like all these cute like ruffle kind of cap sleeve tops you know I'm like oh that's really cute but then I put it on I'm like this is like an epaulet it like sticks straight off my shoulders because Uh, it doesn't like fall nicely over the shoulder (laughs) you know what I'm saying right you're like this is a fine line between being like fashionable and just looking like the linebacker exactly (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so I can relate but um so kind of starting at the beginning like do you you know you obviously I'm I'm guessing are you in this demographic where you're broad-shouldered and kind of this was a uh challenge with clothing that you experienced yourself Yes. Um, the story, the story goes, um, it was last summer of 20, you know, 2020 Mm -hmm. pandemics hit, um, and like stores had kind of opened again. And I was so excited uh, because I, you know, was sitting in that leisure wear for, which I love not to, (laughs) not to downplay that, but sitting in that. And I was like, all right, I'm like going to go shopping. The stores are open again. Like, let's see what I can find. And so, um, I was out at just like a little local boutique and I found this cute t-shirt. I loved it. It had this, like, I am a, I grew up in the nineties and the early two thousands. Like I still love a good graphic tee <laughs> because <laughs> that's what I grew up wearing. Um, and so I found this cute shirt and I was like, oh, this is going to be like perfect for, you know, like looking fashionable, but like, you know, wearing it around the house still. And so I tried it on. I was like, you know, ready to buy it, tried it on. And it was like naturally kind of an oversized t-shirt and it, the, the seams were like up in my ears, you know, and like the sleeves are like winging out and it just looked ridiculous. And it was that day. And I've had this issue forever. Um, again, child of like the nineties and grew up in early two thousands and, you know, graphic tees is all we wore. And I had this issue then too. I just didn't know any better. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I'm like, why, why do I, why am I dealing with this? Like I can solve this problem. And this is a problem that has to be solved. And so, 
you know, I, I got online and was like, there has to be a company out there like this already, right? Like mm-hmm. this is, this is a niche that like someone has to be serving already. And so why don't I just go, you know, support that business? And I couldn't find anything. And so that's, that's really um, where Broads the Label started from was that one day, which is maybe it's just like finally the, you know, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess, right. Mm-hmm. Of like, how many t-shirts can I try on that do not fit until it's time for me to actually make a change in this. And the same thing goes for, you know, like jackets and blouses, you know, that fabric mm-hmm. that's not as um, stretchy. It's been, yeah, it's always been something I've struggled with. You know, you like find the cute winter jacket or the cute blazer and, and then you try it on and it's like, it's not even worth buying. Cause you know, you're going to spend the entire day feeling like you can't even move and it's mm-hmm. like so stiff and um, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really where was born from. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, like, do you have a background in fashion at all that like made you think, you know, I'm going to start my own brand or like what, uh, you know, outside of like, I'm going to be the one to solve this problem. Like, mm-hmm. have you been in the apparel industry prior to starting your brand? Um, I, I have not. <laughs> I've always been in small business. Um, I've always worked for very small companies. Um, and so I have this love for business and for entrepreneurship. Um, and I've learned a lot of skills in, in that regard along the way, but I do not have a background in fashion. Um, I have to outsource, you know, my pattern making and I'm so grateful to have such a talented pattern maker who can put words to, um, to the process, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. I know this isn't fitting right, but I don't know why, you know, Mm -hmm. tell me why Mm -hmm. this isn't fitting right. And she can look at a picture even of something on me and be like, oh, it's this and this, and we have to add this and take that away. And we'll, you know, a half inch there and, and then boom, it's like fixed. And so, um, that's been very, very key to me not having that background, but yeah, more so again, just having that background on the business side of things, Mm -hmm. um, that I felt confident enough to like, you know, I know and resourceful enough to, to, to feel that I could get this brand started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, what were some of the like skills you mentioned, like there, you work for a lot of small businesses and stuff. So like, what were some of the things that you feel like on the business side have really helped you, um, start the brand? Yeah, good question. Um, I think there's an, an amount of, um, an attitude of like, well, I can figure this out, um, Mm -hmm. that, that comes with small business and working in a small business setting. Um, and really what I've done my whole career is, you know, as I move up in roles and move up in companies and transition companies and, Um, it's always just this kind of attitude of like, well, I'll, I might not know exactly what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out or Mm -hmm. I'll find someone who does, who can advise me on it and can help me with it. Um, and I think just that having that experience and also like the humility to say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you Mm -hmm. explain this to me? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. can tell me what that means? That curiosity to like, I want to learn more. Um, all of that has really been instilled in me with, 
working for small businesses and and that's you know that's what served me well and getting in broads the label started is um having that that ability to to know to know when I need to ask for help um Mm -hmm. right but to also say it might not be something I'm familiar with but I'll figure it out somehow there's lots of resources out there and um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure and it can be like kind of a like you have to be a little bit humble and to be to that point where you can say like hey I don't know the answer like can you explain this to me or I need to look this up um so that's Mm -hmm. definitely a skill I feel like to, to like be comfortable in the not knowing sometimes you know Yes, it is. It's definitely, um, yes, something that I try to lean into, not just in business, but in life in general, right? It's like, it's okay not to know everything Mm -hmm. and it's okay to keep learning. And I hope that I, you know, I'm always doing that. And so this, I kind of saw as another opportunity to like, let's just, let's tackle it. Like, let's tackle it and I'll get help along the way when I need it. And, and yeah, trusting your intuition as well um, to a Mm -hmm. certain degree. Yeah. So was starting a business something that you'd always like thought of doing or um, some, like since you're, you have this background in small business or was this kind of like a new thing where you're like, no, I need to solve this problem and nobody else seems to be doing that. So I guess I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have always had, I'd say an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, if you want to get in, you know, to the the woo woo side of things, mm-hmm. right? I'm an Aries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so, a manifesting so I, generator. I'm sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a manifesting generator. And so I've kind of always um, been the person where I'm like, I have an idea. I have an idea. I, like, and it like, I have all these things that pop up and it's like, which ones do I want to run with? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of how I've always been. Um, I, I, having grown up in the Midwest and then kind of, you know, like a small town and, um, there's, there was a lot of like complacency there, I would say not to make it sound bad, but you know, it was like the idea of entrepreneurship was not really something that, that I grew up around people, you know, had their nine to five jobs or they had the stay at home parent. And that was kind of all I saw as, as a kid. And so, um, I didn't know that it was out there and that it was an option until I started getting into small business and seeing other people running small business and being invited to be a part of running those small businesses that I really got to put a name to like what I had been kind of like feeling along the way, right? That like, I have, I like to do this, but like, what does that mean? What, what can that turn into? Um, And so, yeah, I mean, up until broads the label. I, um, I was doing a little bit of consulting work on the side prior to that, um, and event planning. That's something that I've, that I do in my life. Um, (laughs) and so I had some consulting on with that and, um, you know, had some other business ideas along the way. Um, some of them had already been started and others, you know, as I started thinking about doing them more, just didn't really feel like something that I necessarily wanted to get into or was like worth my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with Broads the Label, I mean, it really like the idea hit me and it just, it seemed like, so it just felt 
right. And, and as weird as that sounds, like it was really just this like feeling of like, this feels like something I, again, like I don't, I don't necessarily know the business, but I like care about this so mm-hmm. much that I want to figure it out. And I want to figure out how to put this product into the world for other people. Cause I cannot be the only one who's dealing with this. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, it felt like there was a space for it. And so, yeah, this is, um, you know, one of many ideas I've had in my life, but it is the first one that I've been, you know, so, so excited about um, in terms of like a product that I'm ready to, you know, put it out into the world and um, mm-hmm. take, take the, yeah, take the leap for it. Cool. So was your first thought like on that day when you were trying on the shirt and you're like, this is really a problem. Um, was it like, I'm going to start a business or what did you, were you initially just saying like, no, I'm going to make some shirts for myself or, you know, whatever. Um, like, cause I feel like those are sometimes two separate things where, you know, you could have just stopped and made some pieces for yourself, but uh-huh. you turned it into a business. So like, was that your like initial thought was this is a business idea that I've kind of like been looking for? Yeah, it really was. Um, maybe because I don't have a background in like in, you know, I, I don't know how to sew a shirt together, you know, maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was never really like a thought like, well, I'll just solve this for myself. I was like, I'm going to go solve it for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. solving it for just me wasn't, I guess, wasn't enough at <laughs> in that moment of, um, of inspiration. And so, yeah, it always was, it always was a business idea for me. Nice. So I want to get in, into a little bit, like, the because really like you're solving a fit issue for like a specific niche of mm-hmm. customers mm-hmm. and so like I'm a pattern maker so fit to me is very important and like I you know see the significance of it but I'm curious and I want to talk a little bit about like the difference that you felt or experienced between like like, how did you feel wearing clothes or shirts like your whole life that didn't really fit? And then in contrast, how does it feel different when you put on something that does fit your body in the way that you want it to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I always talk about um, when I'm talking about bras, the label is it's really so many other um, pieces of clothing you feel this restriction and this it's uncomfortable and tugging and puckering. And it really like, I, it, it really can translate. I feel like into how you feel just kind of like as a person, right. That like mm-hmm. restriction, there have been days, I mean, truly, especially with jackets, mm-hmm. right. Where you're like <laughs> trying to enjoy some outdoor activity in, and again, growing up in Wisconsin in the middle of winter. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, I can't do what I'm trying to do. Cause I can't move, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it really is. Um, it's so it feels restricting. It feels uncomfortable. It feels, it just doesn't, um, it doesn't feel good to be like held back by a piece of clothing that's keeping you warm or, you know, that's making you feel comfortable at an interview or, um, whatever the occasion might be. It's like this distraction. And I don't believe that our clothes should be distracting us, you know, like yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of movement and, um, 
you know, I've, I've danced my whole life. I've been doing yoga for years. Like I love moving. And when, and that, you know, when you're like, I can't move, it's like, it's so distracting and it takes away from the joy of whatever that activity might be. Or again, you know, like I've been in interviews, um, for Mm -hmm. jobs in my, you know, in my career and wearing a blazer that I'm like, oh, I just feel like almost like I can't even like reach out and shake your hand appropriately because I just Mm -hmm. feel like I'm going to bust the back of this jacket out even. Um, And it really is. It's once you start noticing that um, it does, it's really limiting too Mm -hmm. on what you can, what you have for options. Um, And it's kind of discouraging as well. Like, to go and try on 10 different blazers at whatever store and none of them fit you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's been, I just announced today, um, a new, uh, midi dress that's available now. That. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I have a black dress, a plain black crew neck dress that I, you know, bought a couple years ago and the shoulder seams are like up in my ears and it's so uncomfortable. I can't tell you how many like events and days I've worn that. And I bought it because it's the best I could find. Right. But I'm like, mm-hmm. great. I'm going to get rid of that now. I never need it because I have this midi dress now. And it's, it's just so um, it's such a relief to be able to throw something on that you don't feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to, I can't wait to take it off, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't wait to get that off so I can get something on that's actually comfortable. Um, it's something, yeah, having, having this option has just been so nice in terms of like, I, I'm not anxious to, you know, get, get into something more comfortable. I am so comfortable in these pieces that I can wear them all day and I can wear them to anything. And that's really, um, that's really, again, like what Broads the Label aims to do is to, to provide that as an opportunity for broad-shouldered women mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be in comfort and to feel, you know, not, not like shamed for their, for their bodies, right? And for mm-hmm. the way that they're naturally built. Um, you know, you can always take a shirt in, you can always hem a seam, you can always, um, you know, make those those changes, but it's really hard to take the shoulders out, right. Or to Mm -hmm. add, add that extra width to a jacket. And so, um, yeah, to, to offer that and, um, make people feel comfortable in their clothing is really, it's just so important. Yeah. Yeah. And something you just said, it's like, you don't want women to feel ashamed about the body they have. Like, I, I think part of this too, and, and I haven't seen any other brands that specifically make clothes for broad-shouldered women. And I think it, you know, somewhat ties into maybe like our society's beauty standards of like women are like petite and small and like narrow mm-hmm. shoulders and like that somehow that's more feminine. Um, and like, I feel like that's the general like aesthetic that we're told is beautiful, but it's like, 
no, women can be, you know, very athletic or just like have broad shoulder, like, you know, bone structure, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. feminine too, you know? (laughs) So it's not like, you don't want to have to like shop in the men's section to get a, you know, or wait till like the eighties come, you know, 80 style comes back with like the oversized (laughs) shoulder blazers, you know, to be able to find stuff that fits, you know, like (laughs) you want to be able to find something that fits and makes you feel like comfortable and confident in whatever you're doing, you know, no matter what the trend is. So, or the style. And can we take a moment to talk about how shoulder pads are coming back? And I'm like, good news for me. I don't need the shoulder pads. pads So I'm like, all right. But yeah, I mean, if you, you think about like, shoulder pads and how those got introduced into clothing. It was, you know, when women were going into the workforce and they wanted to represent the look of men more, right? Like with this mm-hmm. silhouette that is broad shouldered and looks strong and, but it, it isn't naturally seen or, nor, you know, normally seen as like a naturally feminine quality to have broad shoulders. And mm-hmm. that is so reflected and, you know, rightfully so not everyone has broad shoulders, People, you know, companies generally have to make what fits people in general. But um, when you don't even have the option, I'm just, yeah, I'm like, I'm not okay with that anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. I want, I want people to have the option, and and it is, it is, you know, shoulders are, they do show strength, and um, yeah, we can't do anything about them if they're not even from being athletic, just from our bone structure, and um, yeah, it's, I think that's a really cool thing though right now too is there are you're seeing more brands popping up that are more uh, body inclusive and Mm -hmm. you know fit more for like if you have wider hips then here's some jean options for you or you Mm -hmm. know like if you're petite you have petite sizing or there's all these different you know people are becoming a lot more aware of how their clothing fits um and it's it's nice to see that because mm-hmm. I, yeah, we, we can't, we shouldn't have to change our bodies because society says this is the right way for you to look. And especially with things that you can't change, it's like, mm-hmm. let's, let's have options for those things. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It can be so discouraging to like go to a fitting room. And like you said, try on a million things and be like, well, I wanted to buy something, but nothing fits me. So mm-hmm. yeah, yep. <laughs> it's so, it's so nice to like, try something on and be like, oh, wow. Like this, I look great in this. Like it feels comfortable. I could actually buy this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold a whole different like feeling, you know, mm-hmm. when something fits. Absolutely. Cool. So after that day, when you uh, decided I'm going to, I'm going to make this brand and make clothes for broad shouldered women, like what were some of the first steps that you took to actually start the brand in the business? You know, like you said, you reached out and like have, you know, outsourced to, you know, a great team of people. Like how did you connect with them? And like, what were the steps you took to actually start the brand? Yeah. Um, it didn't start off. It didn't start off as, um, as seamlessly as I would have hoped, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, you know, a good, good things to learn. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, originally, I mean, I, I truly, I went to Google and was like, how do you start a clothing brand? I mean, that's <laughs> where I started. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
how do I do this? And so um, I found this like kind of, and, you know, writing a business plan and I really started there, right? Like, okay, what's it all, what all is it going to take? Because I think until you start diving into it, um, and I know some of your other guests have said this, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't even understand what all goes, how much actually goes into just a single, putting one single product out on the market, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, Hey, have someone sew it together and you're to good, just send it out. It's like, there's hang tags and labeling and finding fabric in mm-hmm. the world that we live in right now. And which um, is extra challenging more so than it usually is. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, who, you know, who, what, what vendors can you trust to actually give you good information? And um, yeah, so it started, I, I started by reaching out to um, a design company. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was, I, I'm not sure that they called themselves pattern makers, but they were kind of like a design broker, right? So they were like, they knew some manufacturers that they would kind of work with they were mm-hmm. kind of like a middleman between, you know, me and a manufacturer. And so I started with them. Um, I didn't have a great experience. Um, they kind of helped me that with my first prototype and then they like totally went dark on me and it was really bizarre. I still not entirely sure what happened there. Um, water under the bridge at this point. Um, but they had actually, me up with um, a company in um, Portugal for manufacturing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like there's like a appeal to, you know, like, oh, my products are made in Portugal, but I didn't love that. And, you know, there was some logistics problems where I was just like, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel like, Hey, important it's important to me that things are made in the United States and sourced in the United States be like especially with the pandemic going on do I really want to be like working in this weird like are we going to be able to ship and like what's that going to look like and communications and are you shutting down and I don't know it like it it kind of started off rocky right and it was a little bit Mm -hmm. discouraging really I was like this is like this is hard and am I actually going to be able to figure this out, you know? And like, so that took a few months to get through really. Um, and once I realized, you know, I finally had this moment where I was like, there's, I, I, it's when it like really got instilled in me that I value the quality of the the partnerships that I have and the vendors that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Um, is when I I really learned that through this first experience, because I mean, I couldn't even get anyone to respond to me. Mm. And so I was like, okay, like I basically felt like I was starting from scratch. Um, And so it was at that point that I was like, okay, let's, let's make sure we're aligned here. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I am talking all about like my pieces being high quality, right. Like great fabric, not like things that are versatile and, sophisticated and comfortable and they're going to last forever. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, so it quality is so important to me in this brand 
And I need to start putting my eye to quality with the people I'm working with too. And so that's mm. when um, I started, started from scratch really on trying to find, it's all started with my pattern maker. Um, and again, I, I guess this is maybe just my intuition. I really do try to trust my intuition. Um, and I found someone who was based out of Chicago, um, which was close to my hometown. She grew up where I went to school. Like I just, I just, yeah, I just liked her. Like there was just something and like talking with her and her, um, assistant. I just liked them. Like I trusted that they would not just like make what I told them to make and then send it off and like, never think about it again. I trusted that they actually would be able to advise me on how things were fitting and that they mm -hmm. were there to help me improve it and make it just how I want it to be. And mm -hmm. so it all started with, with them, um, truly with, with my pattern maker and her assistant. And, um, you know, I asked them to help me with who do you know, who can give me fabric, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you know, manufacturers, right? Like I, I really having not knowing, like not known the network yet. I was like, who do you have in your network that you trust? Cause I trust them, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I trust you. Who do you trust? Cause I'll trust them as well. Mm -hmm. And so they um, found a fabric um, supplier manufacturer who is United States based, which I thought was awesome. Um, I was working on the, the shirt. I had already figured out the fabric of the VT um, and it was Pima cotton. And so talking to the, the U S manufacturer, he's like, okay, we don't have Pima cotton here. We have Pima, And he's like, and it's even better than Pima cotton. And I was like, yes, perfect. That's great. <laughs> right. Like mm -hmm. more quality. Like I was like, okay, this is lining up. And so, um, you know, I found, I found them and, um, I will say the rep there that I work with is so knowledgeable. Seriously. Every time I talk to him, I'm like, scratching down notes like so <laughs> quick because he's been in the business forever and he knows so much not just about fabrics but also about you know cl the clothing um world in general and garment business in general um mm -hmm. and he introduced me to um, a manufacturer that they work with very often um they're both they're both actually based in california in the los angeles area um nice. and it's funny, the manufacturer who I use is manufacturing for brands that I look to and admire, right? So I was like, mm -hmm. again, like, this is all lining up, like, this all makes sense, right? Like, it's all like feeling so much more aligned in terms of like, what does the brand stand for? What, what kind of products do I want to be available? Um, it's not about, you know, getting like a a cheap t-shirt out the door. It's about getting a high quality t-shirt out the door. Mm -hmm. So, um, that was really, yeah, that was really the process. And that's the process I'm in, you know, now is getting, getting these garments manufactured and, um, yeah, really looking and leaning on my vendors who I trust to make introductions when, you know, I have to get the fabric laundered or garment dyed or, um, you know, even like labeling and, um, all of that, it's, I've really found people through, through my vendors. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. And I think that's something I learned in business too. And in small businesses, oftentimes your network is, 
your strongest asset in, in getting things done and, you know, good people work with good people and know good people. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, leaning and if on they, that. If like the two vendors have worked together previously, mm-hmm. then they, they kind of know like what each other's process is. Like I have some clients that like manufacture, you know, with the same factory. So I've worked with the factory previously and uh-huh. it makes so much, makes it so much easier. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I know how they like what pattern making system they have. And I know like how they want their files formatted and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. they know like what they're getting from me because we've worked together before. Like we're both familiar with our, like our way of working and stuff. And it, it does make things easier like when your vendors have worked together before they kind of know like oh yeah we've shipped to them before we've you know dealt with them or ordered labels or whatever yeah it streamlines it streamlines a process that in you know I was I've been surprised at how long just how long it actually takes to go from like idea to actual product right like yeah so did you say you first had the idea in 2019 so has it been two years then in in 2020 yeah summer of 2020 so a year and a few months here but you know I was like oh I can knock this out in like four or five months no big deal (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah that's not that's not true but yeah having um having having people who have already worked together it does streamline Mm -hmm. the process even though it's longer than I expected I can't imagine how much longer it would be if yeah you were trying to connect people who are like wait we don't know each other's systems and Mm-hmm. yeah that's been helpful yeah. and like future collections will go faster I feel like it's always the first collection because you know once you have those vendors lined up like you don't need to find a new factory unless you're going to like totally switch product categories or something uh-huh. um, and like once you found your label vendor it's like you just keep reordering from the same place where you don't there's some groundwork you know you don't need to design your main labels again you know unless uh-huh. you want to so some of it you can like the next time you launch a new collection, it will be a little faster, but the first time you do everything. Yeah. I I tell like new brands, typically at least a year, you know, oftentimes a year and a half, even two years, you know, from Uh idea to actual launch. Yeah. 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 Well, cool. So do you have advice for like, if you could go back and start over now, like, or, you know, advice for a new, new business owner, uh, what would you tell them of things to, like, when they start, like, things to do or not do? Because it sounds like you, like, maybe learned some things along the way of, you know, working with that first kind of agency broker place, and then finding your new pattern maker that you, kind of know for next time or would have done differently had you known? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you definitely hit on, hit on the, the big takeaways. Um, and yeah, that is definitely be careful with who you work with. Um, oftentimes I really do think, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that doesn't mean you have to like you know, someone's only good if they're charging the most, but it, it is like, um, as a, as a new business owner, as a small business owner, you know, you are trying to be resourceful and you do have to worry about budget and all of that. And so it's easy to be like, take the, like the 
shiny dangling like oh well we only charge this and you're like oh well, I'll just go with that that sounds that sounds easier but mm-hmm. in the long run it ended up being so much more difficult and adding so much more time and and I would not have been able to put out the same level of product had that mm-hmm. you know um had that been the route that I ended up taking and so yeah I would just I mean I think in business and life in general you know you have to really be picky about who you're working with and who you have on in your corner um, and really making sure, you know, that you have good people that you trust um, from the get-go is important. Um, I think too, yeah, patience and just resilience, right. In, in, Mm -hmm. in starting a business, I think people expect, um, you know, this like overnight, like, it's going to blow up and like be so successful and it's going to happen so quick. And, you know, and it is, it's a slow every day. It's a slow, just keep kind of working toward it um, and keep building it up and, um, you know, finding the right, the right vendors and all of that. Like you can't rush that and being Mm -hmm. ready to, yeah, put in, put in some time before, before you're ever even going to get a prototype in your hand. you know, just that, that alone takes quite some time. So, um, patience, I think, and yeah, not letting, not letting the time get, get you discouraged or some of those, you know, learning experiences getting you discouraged at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are it awesome. is so, yeah, sorry. It is so rewarding. Like I'll never forget the day that my website went live. Right. And mm-hmm. I got my first order and I was like, <gasps> it's all happening, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's here, it's finally happening. And it is so exciting when you get there. Um, but yeah. 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 Totally true. It's like, it takes a while to get there, but it is, like you said, really rewarding to like run your business. Mm -hmm. Um, awesome. Those are all great suggestions and tips for someone just starting out to like get their, get their people and their, their business started off on the right foot. Mm -hmm. Um, so on the design side, like how did you decide like what pieces to actually do first for your brand? Yeah. Um, the t-shirt obviously came from my experience in that clothing, in that boutique, you know, where I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, start, start here right? Start with the the thing that's been driving me nuts for years is that I can't find t-shirts. I don't even have t-shirts in my closet because none of them fit. And so I was like, let's start here. Um, and I really, I have, you know, I have so many ideas of, I I really, really would like to make a jacket sooner than later because I know, and like a blazer, Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that, but, um, and blouses too, like with like a more work friendly blouse, I think would be, um, really awesome to put out too, but I didn't want to get like ahead of myself. Right. Like I'm like, let's, let's start a foundation here. And, um, all of the products that I ever envisioned putting out, um, will be more of those like closet staples, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't want to put out um, a, a shirt that someone's going to wear one season and then it's going to be, you know, eh, like I'm over it. I don't want to wear it anymore. Right. Like I want seasonless tops that never go out of style. Um, and that's 
So that's kind of like the foundation. And, um, and then when I decided to um, do the midi dress on top of the, the VT, um, it actually, again, it was, it, I feel like so many of these things, I'm like, it just was like an intuition thing. It's, I saw a fabric that I kind of fell in love with. Um, and I was like, this would make a great dress. And I was like, and, and again, like, you know, what are the things in my closet that I have such a hard time with right now? And it's t-shirts and long sleeve dresses. Um, and so it was one of those where I was like, Ooh, like let's, let's do this as part of the first, um, launch as well and offer, you know, cause whatever, like some people like dresses more. Some people are more like a t-shirt and jeans gal. I tend to love both. And so, um, you know, I thought those are two, like two products that really everyone needs, right? Like everyone, everyone kind of needs both of those things in their closet. And so, um, it just seemed like a good place to start in building, building a brand and, you know, really like representing the brand and like a foundation for the brand of like comfortable clothing that you can wear anywhere that's versatile that you can rely on it it just seemed like two really good products to like um to really to get off on a good foot Mm -hmm. and yeah it seems like you kind of covered the bases like you said of like the t-shirt and jeans girl and then the dresses girl Mm -hmm. both with that same slightly different aesthetic but still like solves the same problem so yep exactly yeah was it hard to like narrow down to just those two to start or was it kind of a pretty clear like nope these are the obvious go-tos yeah it was pretty clear um I mean the t-shirt was definitely that was like at first I thought like that's all I'll ever make just t-shirts and I was like wait a second why would I do that like that's (laughs) not the only place for the like you know while I was choosing my name I was like oh should I call it like the broad shoulder tees or like, you know, and I was like, no, no, I don't want to like, I don't want to limit it. And so, um, yeah, the t-shirt I would say was definitely, that was a really easy, like I knew I was going to do it. That's where, that's where the idea came from. And then, yeah. And then narrowing it down. I mean, that part was a little bit more challenging. Um, and with the midi dress, I mean, it was, it was a, a product that, so the fabric actually for the VT and the midi dress is the same, which I love because it makes mm-hmm. the midi dress just like so livable, um, mm-hmm. and like comfortable to wear. And so, um, obviously like you can't make a blazer out of a t-shirt material, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could with like a different lining, but it'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. And you probably need a different factory for that as well. Exactly. So yeah. So that, that kind of helped drive that decision to like okay, let's offer a second product here. Um, but one that's not going to require like a whole nother, like, like you said, a a different factory, like a different fabric manufacturer. Like let's, let's try to offer a little bit of diversity and products without like, without, you know, totally like too complicated for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's smart to use the same for both because it like helps so much for especially like a newer small brand where you don't want to like buy thousands of yards of something, but it, you know, mm-hmm. if you can split the minimums between two products and it's like way more attainable. Yes, exactly. And that, that's exactly what I'm doing, right? Like the, 
the manu the fabric manufacturer had one minimum and the factory had a different minimum and so nice it you know I ordered enough to hit the minimum at the factory for both um mm-hmm. a, enough fabric to hit both minimums at the um at the garment factory so yeah that's smart have you like connected with other people other women that are also broad-shouldered or like how did you like get connected and find kind of your target market for I mean you kind of knew who it was but how did you get connected with your target market for broads the label yeah so I am um, relying a lot on social media and word of mouth um it Mm -hmm. you know can be such a powerful platform just getting the word out that way um it's it's funny the number of people like in my life already who have the same challenge with clothes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things you like start talking about it and people are like, come out of the woodwork. So I'm like, I haven't even heard from you in 10 years, <laughs> you know, but people are like, oh, thank you for making this. Like I deal with this all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, it's, I think it's just, um, you know, people like are used to talking about uh, women, I think get, you know, we are very aware of our bodies and how clothes fit on our bodies. And um, it's just something shoulder width is not something that I've really talked to people about in Mm -hmm. about that. But, you know, now that I've been talking about it, and like pointing out like, hey, this shirt does not fit correctly. And um, other people are kind of seeing that and like, you know, showing up and being like, Hey, thanks. Same here. I deal with this all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, I'm really, really, um, word of mouth and yeah, just social media to try to get the word out on it. Yeah. And those are both like very power, powerful ways Mm -hmm. to market and connect with people too. Yeah. Yeah. My, my business does a lot, you know, is reliant on a a lot of both of those as well. So yeah, I get that. I'm pretty sure I found you on Instagram as well. Um, I saw some of your posts and reels there and that's how we got connected. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So what has been, I'm curious, what has been like the biggest challenge so far in starting broad as a label? Oh, biggest challenge. Um, it's, I'm, I'm struggling to find a single answer because (laughs) I think it's kind of just the whole process, right? Like every day is a little bit of a new challenge, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but I don't really see it as like a, it's not like a challenge that is like so big that I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Right. Like it's, I find it all so like fun that it's, mm-hmm. you know, like a new challenge that I'm having a hard time, like just, yeah, picking one thing that has been um, the biggest challenge. And I guess if maybe I would probably say the patience. That's probably mm-hmm. been my biggest challenge is I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm always like ready to like go and take the next step and like, let's, you know, let's do this. And sometimes you just have to be patient. Like I am not the only customer of my vendors and, um, mm-hmm you know, and I'm certainly not the largest customer of my vendors. And so really, yeah, like that time, timelining it and like being patient with, with all the parties involved. Right. Um, 
I think would yeah. be probably, yeah, the hardest, the hardest part for me is I'm like, I'm always just like, I want this to be happening faster. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably it. But yeah, every, every day is a little bit of a challenge when you're not part of this, <laughs> but when you do like, haven't been in this industry for very long and yeah, everything's a, a learning experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you like, was that, um, did you enjoy kind of like jumping in and learning a new industry or did that feel like overwhelming at first? Um, definitely, definitely fun for me. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, well, I will say I haven't like been in the industry, right. I, I love the industry. I've always been like, I've always just loved clothes and loved fashion and mm. loved, you know, like that looked very different. Um, as a as a kid in the Midwest and like well if they didn't have it at like you know the like major department stores in the mall then it wasn't an option you know or like mm-hmm. going to the, the mall of America was always like the highlight of my year to go you know shopping for mm-hmm. clothes at like these cool you know like trendy stores but um yeah it's I've I've really fallen in love especially in the last few years with like the stores that offer um, not the cheapest thing, right. But mm-hmm. like a high quality piece that I will really love forever. And I have, I mean, I have pieces that I have had for like three, four years that I still wear every, like every single week. And I love them still, you know, and it's like, that's, I've really fallen in love with that part of fashion, um, mm-hmm. and that part of the industry. And so, yeah, getting, getting more acquainted with that and, um, learning more about that has been really, really fun for me. Cool. Yeah. Kind of seeing the behind of like, how does this stuff actually get made and like, what's mm-hmm. it like? Yeah. 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 yeah and it being is- like a consumer of fashion and being a producer of fashion is, you know, they're both super fun, but they're very different too. Yes, they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do have, I have moments like I'll go um, visit my manufacturer and, you know, we'll be like looking at prototypes and whatever. And I'll like walk in and I'll see, you know, other things hanging from like big brands, right. That, mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, it's just like so cool to like be in the same space and like share the same space with, with those brands that I do look up to um, mm-hmm. and do look toward, you know, um, when I'm thinking about my business. So that's been, that's been really fun. Nice. So kind of on the flip side of the last question, what are you most proud of so far in your business journey? I am proud of, um, I think owning, owning myself, um, Mm -hmm. and owning my body in this journey. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and hopefully that and empowering other women to also own who they are more authentically, um, starting this business has, you know, meant leaning into my more entrepreneurial side. Um, it's meant admitting something to the world, right? Like I have mm-hmm. broad shoulders, which as we talked about earlier, right? Like it's not always seen as the most feminine quality or as, you know, like something to, you know, like highlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I think um, just, yeah, the like owning, like this is who I am. This is what I'm excited about. And um, just like going, just going for it. Um, I think that's, that's what I've been most proud of. And I hope that that, that can help other women feel more comfortable in their clothing and feel more comfortable and going out and, you know, pursuing their dreams and, you know, owning different parts of themselves, um, along the way too. I mean, it's, it's about clothes, but it's about, you know, how we feel too. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's been, it's just like really been an honor to, um, yeah, connect with people and to tell my story and have it be received, you Mm -hmm. know, with open arms and not like something to be, you know, afraid of or ashamed of. And that's, I've been really proud of that, um, that process. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, I feel like that's something that a lot of, especially women struggle with is feeling, you know, confident and like, you know, owning who they are and especially how they look. Um, so that's really great that you're, you like started with yourself and like, no, this has like, this has to start with me and I need to be proud of this and feel comfortable about my body before, you know, even, cause I mean, you have to value who you are and the shape that you, your body is in order to even think it's worth making clothes to fit who you are, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the whole size inclusivity thing, you know, like no one's going to buy clothes, buy clothes that are, you know, in a larger, like plus size, if they're never comfortable enough with themselves to own that that's who they are. Like if you're always trying to like lose weight or change your body size, you're not, you don't feel like you ever deserve to like wear and buy clothes for who you are today. And so that's like really powerful that you're like, no, this is who I am. And I like who I am right now deserves like quality clothes that look, you know, that fit me now, you know, (laughs) or. Yep. I don't need to change myself to, yes, to deserve to feel comfortable and deserve to feel pretty and to deserve to feel, yeah, worthy Mm -hmm. of those things. Yes. Yes. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really powerful. I love that. Um, so I have one more question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is if you could communicate one value to the world through your clothes, what would it be? And you maybe just answered it, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, um, we're just realistic about what we just talked about. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly, I mean, it, it is, it's that authenticity and just, just leaning into who you are and how you look and not running from that, but being proud of it. That's, mm-hmm. um, I want, yeah, all, I wish all women would feel that way. That would be great if we could just ma- wave a magic wand and take away all of society's, you know, things that they tell us about who we are and how we're supposed to look if we could just you know mm-hmm. tap in to what that is and and be proud of it and know that no matter what that looks like or um who you are you you deserve space in this world and you deserve to feel good in this world that's that's what I would give yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so cool Well, this has been a really fun conversation, getting to know a little 
about your story and Broads the Label. Um, where can people find out more about you and Broads the Label online? Yes, so on um, all social at Broads the Label and uh, the website is broadsthelabel.com. Perfect. I'll put links to those in the show notes. Perfect. Uh, thanks so much for joining to me today, Darren, and it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Allison. It's been so much fun. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.